Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B guy here. And today, the H1B guy live, August 24th, 2022. Today, I'll cover USCIS announces that the H cap was reached for the H1B lottery for fiscal year 2023 and taking your questions and comments. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guide channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention that H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's live stream is brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. By perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. And by ModSquad. If you're a technology professional that is facing U.S. work visa related challenges, don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner Mob Squad has a solution. Join the squad. Well, wanted to thank everyone who's joined me here this afternoon. Uh, we know yesterday, um, as of Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022, uh, the USCIS put out a alert, a news release, if you will, uh, that was released and the headline was USCIS reaches fiscal year 2023 H-1B cap. And I know most of you have read this post, but just for emphasis for those who may be listening, I, I do want to uh, just mention the first few sentences here, which says USCIS has received a sufficient number of petitions needed to reach the congressionally mandated 65,000 H-1B visa regular cap. That's for national bachelor's degrees and the 20,000 H-1B visa U.S. advanced degree exemption uh, known as the master's cap for fiscal year 2023. We have completed sending non-selection notifications to registrants online accounts. The status for registrations properly submitted for fiscal year 2023 H-1B numerical allocations, but that were not selected will now show not selected not selected, not eligible to file an H-1B application petition based on this registration. Of course, I'm sure many of you have read this. Um, this news broke pretty early yesterday morning. And um, to the dis disappointment of, of many, um, if we go back to the last couple of weeks, we can look at um, even specifically, you know, last Friday, uh, which I, I think when we look at last Friday, um, there was a lot to be questioned. And I, I think there was a lot of rumors that had been, been circulating. And, and August 19th um, was almost two weeks from, from the Friday uh, that, that I previously predicted that a, a possible second H would be uh, 
lottery selection would happen. And the post that I put out on Saturday, which was the H1B Guy News for the week ending, excuse me, August 19th, 2022, um, you know, I said that something could possibly happen uh, by September 9th and September 16th would be kind of an end all be all deadline. If we go back to the live stream from last Wednesday on August the 17th, I, I mentioned September 2nd and possibly the 9th um, as well. And I think a lot of the factors that led to uh, this being, a, excuse me, a, a couple of weeks past, right? A couple of weeks past um, that August kind of fourth date that, that I was working off of, um, you know, the reason for the delays, the processing delays, Vermont experiencing delays, cases being transferred. Um, the amount of cases that were received in mid-June through the deadline of June 30th. And a lot of that created kind of this perfect storm, um, if you will, perfect storm for uh, really USCIS having to, to wait um, you know, well over six weeks to put out this announcement. And when we look at what they did going back to, to March's first electronic selection, um, that is, they selected 127,000 plus names out of a possible 483,000 plus. And we can go back and look at what happened for fiscal year 2022, where application rates were very low. They had to hold a third lottery in November to meet the numerical allocation um, that's that's mandated by U.S. law. Um, USCIS made a, a valiant effort here to make sure that they didn't have to have a second and a third lottery this year. Um, they they selected a high number, historically high number. Um, under the assumption that there would be somewhere around a 66% application rate. If you go back to, you know, my prediction on there being a second lottery, I, I was uh, predicting that there would be somewhere between a 58 to 60% application rate, which would make available somewhere around eight to 10,000 visas, a 3% odds of selection. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the historically high number and the number of applications that came in um, towards the very end of that June 30th deadline. I know a lot of you out there still have not received a receipt notice. Uh, many of you whose cases are still pending, I would say that you are most likely being counted against uh, that, that overall number. A lot of you are asking me, well, what if they go over um, you know, 85,000, what, what would happen then? And, and it really becomes a first served, first served, first come, first served, uh, meaning that those applications that were received in April, May, um, that were adjudicated, approved earlier on, were already counted. Those that were received towards the end of June, um, unless you have confirmation that, that your employer's uh, I-129 filing fee was, was cashed, check was deposited, um, you know, you still could possibly be in limbo. Now, I don't think USCIS is coming out and saying um, that we've reached the fiscal year limit if they don't have an accurate count of how many H-1B visas uh, out of those 85,000 um, 
that that are still in queue. So the bad news for some of you who are still still pending is is that it could be another few weeks before you receive an update, meaning an approval, a receipt notice, or even possibly uh, an, an RFE. Um, but really interesting turn of events here. This news started to break very late Friday, early Saturday, that cases were being updated as not selected. Um, no other status or updates was provided at that time. Um, and then here we are, you know, if we go back to kind of that late Friday, early Saturday timeline, early Tuesday, um, an announcement is put out that, uh, that the, the cap was reached for, for 2023. Um, so, I tweeted out yesterday uh, when I knew that this was official news um, that you know 350,000 plus registrations now are turning their eyes uh, towards the H-1B lottery in March for fiscal year 2024. And the question that I posed was, will registrations cross over 500,000? And I think that that's a very valid question right now. We looked at this past year, demand being at an all-time historic high, 483,000 plus registrations. Uh, so I think it's 17,000 more is absolutely feasible. And the only way that USCIS can circumvent that exorbitant amount of um, applications is to increase the filing registration fee, that non-refundable filing registration fee. USCIS has got to increase that if they want to cut down on these historically high numbers, which have continued to grow year over year, 275,000 uh, for fiscal year 2021, over 300,000 for fiscal year 2022, over 483,000 for fiscal year 2023. Um, but yet the one thing that hasn't changed is the amount of H-1B visas that are available, about 85,000, 65,000 um, for a regular cap and 20,000 for what we call that master's cap, that U.S. advanced degree cap. Um, so for many of you who are currently in the U.S. in an alternate status who are seeking H-1B, um, absolutely now is the time if you still are valid in a valid status. Uh, now, is this, now is absolutely the time for you to be thinking about what your options are um, and what your, what your plan is because, you know, March is, is a lengthy ways away and we've seen how drawn out and, and you know, extended this process has become. Yes, the electronic process has made selection more efficient, uh, but it's absolutely extended out the, the overall window, the approval window. Uh, receipt notice windows as, as we're seeing here. Um, but I appreciate all of you who have reached out to me and let me know where your case stands and and that your your case is currently, you don't have a receipt, you've not received an approval notice. Uh, again, I would go back to those dates that I talked about during the H-1B Guy News for the weekend ending August 18th and say, you know, September 2nd, September 9th, September 16th, sometime uh, really over the next three Fridays, not this upcoming Friday, but the next three Fridays, uh, you should have some sort of status update. You just should. They should be able now that they've announced that the cap is complete, um, that they've, they've reached their numerical allocation, there should be some sort of update because uh, August 1st is going to be here before, or excuse me, October 1st 
um, which is the beginning of the new fiscal year when H-1Bs, for those of you that are changing status here in the U.S., um, when they will become active and effective and that, that clock will start counting, um, assuming approval is, has been received. So please feel free to drop me any questions or comments in the chat around your thoughts um, around this year's H-1B lottery. Um, if you are one of those who possibly could be impacted, um, you know, going forward, uh, you know, curious as to what your plan is and, and what your approach is now that, that we know um, 25, 26% uh, odds of selection uh, for fiscal year 2023. We've seen that number continue to be reduced year over year as the registration numbers increase and the amount of H-1B visas remain the same. What do you think about the barrier to entry when we talk about this non-refundable fee? I think that this is the one um, kind of weakness that's that's currently being exploited. Yes, it, it was intentionally meant to be a low barrier to entry, uh, but because the barrier has been so extremely low, $10 non-refundable per individual per employer, um, can't employers can't sponsor the same individual twice. The individual can have as many employers who are willing to pay that $10 non-refundable fee, register them in the H-1B lottery um, that, that will be held in March at some point. Um, I've speculated, is $100 enough um, of a barrier to entry? Maybe $250, $500, 1000 Again, and I'm talking about non-refundable. And I have to think that even at $100, at a non-refundable $100 um, fee, USCIS would most likely cut um, applications, registrations in half, uh, but they would still, they would still increase their revenue, the overall revenue that, that's been one of the big generation uh, revenue generating machines here has been this electronic um, registration and the $10 non-refundable fee. So curious what, what you think, you know, is increasing that non-refundable fee to $100 to $250, $500,000, um, is that something you think that could possibly help curb the number of overall registrations and avoid this half of a million uh, registrations that, that you know, I, I you know, jokingly questioned yesterday um, around is that where we're heading, you know, for fiscal year 2024. But wanted to thank everyone who has taken the time here to join me this afternoon. If you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guide channel uh, here on YouTube. Uh, like this video if you don't mind uh, and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we do go live, uh, like we have here today on Wednesday, uh, August 24th, a little after 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, also wanted to mention, and, and this is something I think that's, um, that's super important for those of you out there that are kind of wondering what is next for me. Um, and that is next Wednesday on August the 31st at 3 p.m. Eastern. And I mentioned this last week, but I want to mention it again. Um, I'll be joined live by head of talent at Mob Squad, um, Jessica Chupik. And also by Mob Squad's head of partnerships, uh, Nicole Bainham, 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 sorry. 
so please make plans to join us. We're going to have like a 30 minute session um, with Jessa and uh, Nicole. Uh, I have a few questions prepared, but if there's anything that, that you maybe would like me to ask them in advance or work into that interview, um, please, you know, feel free to, uh, to send me a message and, and I'll do my best to include that. You know, this is where I tell you that, you know, Mob Squad and Syndesis and Path to Canada are options that you absolutely need to be considering at this point if you haven't already. Um, when you're in the U.S. and let's say you're on OPT STEM and you know that, that your STEM is going to expire at some point in the next five to six months, uh, your options are, are significantly limited. Um when your OPT does expire, there's a 60 day window, which you have to, to leave the U S or change statuses. Um, so this is where I tell you, like, don't leave your fate up to chance as mob squad likes to say, um, gotta have a plan B synthesis, right? We, we, you need to know right now that the restrictive nature of employment based immigration here in the U S is not on your side. The odds are against you. Um, we can look at the very low odds of being selected, somewhere around 26, 27% in the H-1B lottery. And then we look at the, you know, 10 to 85 year green card backlog um, that we're currently seeing for specifically individuals from China and India. Um, and we continue to make it harder and harder. The crazy thing about the H-1B lottery now is that, you know, 20 years-ish, um, the H cap, the 85,000 has, has been in place. Um, a lot of things have changed in, in that time. And I'm not saying that we need to increase the overall number of H-1B visas um, without changing uh, some of the employment-based green card uh, limitations that we have, the, the, the 7% uh, cap on, on country of origin. Without doing that, there's really no reason to increase the overall H-1B allocation. Uh, the other thought is, you know, is the O visa something that now becomes where we turn our eyes to uh, in terms of overall reform? Uh, so a lot of questions around immigration reform as a whole. Um, I saw some pretty recent pollings that were comparing uh, six issues uh, for the upcoming midterm election. Uh, immigration was very low on overall democratic interests. And I think we've seen that from the Biden administration, whereas on the Republican side, 30% very high. Uh, but of course, a lot of that is not necessarily legal employment-based immigration that you're seeing kind of come through. It's just immigration reform as a, uh, a general subject. So um Definitely want to take your questions and comments. I do see some of those in the chat. I know that there were several um, that were already posted in on uh, the video. So I will do my best to read those out and, and go through those um, here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, but just wanted to mention, if you're looking for ways you can support the H1B Guide platform uh, here on YouTube, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function. Uh, if you're watching or listening to this on YouTube at a later date, there is also a super thanks feature. Um, any contributions are reinvested back into the technology that helps bring you uh, two to three posts per week. I really appreciate all of your support that, that you've given me over the past. But really, the biggest way that you can support me is make sure that you're subscribed. Uh, make sure that you like my videos if 
you think they're good. If you don't, dislike them. Um, I, I love your feedback. Um, love your questions and love your comments that you post on the thread. Um, over the last several months, I've been in so many comments that I've had to take time literally once a week or once every other week to go through. And I try to answer all of them. If I skipped you, um, it most likely wasn't intentional, just as there is a high amount of volumes and of questions and comments that are being left now on my videos, which I'm very grateful for. And I am intentional about trying to go back and make sure that I answer those directly. Uh, but if you have questions or comments for me now during this live stream, um, I do have about 15 to 20 minutes left that I can take questions and comments. Um, of course, anything surrounding the H1B lottery, if you have questions around, you know, the upcoming uh, October Visa Bulletin or what, you know, fiscal year 2023 is going to look like as, as we talk about employment-based preferences. Um, of course, you know, Congress will be returning back into session. Um, and we have to wonder what is uh, up with the Eagle Act. When are we going to see that? Get it today on the Senate floor. Um, we look at a lot of different pieces of legislation and if they will include um, some sort of smaller immigration reform as part of a bigger bill. Uh, so a lot of different things that are going to go on here over the next, you know, four months or so. Um, but wanted to bring up first a couple of comments that I received before we went live. Um, the first one is from... A common man on YouTube says, hello, sir. What are the chances they will run out of visa numbers for EB2 before September 30th? How many visa numbers are still pending or available as of now? Um, and I think that that's an interesting question because we saw back in the September bulletin, um, you know, they, they were pretty upfront um, with their update. And what I mean by that is really they, they've come out um, and, and said that there is a possibility that they will update, they, the Department of State, uh, will update the September bulletin um, to show unavailable. And I just pulled up the bulletin and, and, and what it mentioned, and it says, uh, you know, availability of employment-based visas during September. Uh, there's been, quote, there's been a steady increase in both USCIS and Department of State demand patterns for employment-based visas during the fiscal year. Uh, as a result, most employment-based preference category limits and or the overall employment-based preference limit, all available uh, for fiscal year 2022, are expected to be reached by September. If at any time an annual limit were reached, it would be necessary to immediately make the preference category unavailable. No further requests for numbers would be honored and that the worldwide employment-based preference limit was 281,507. And, you know, the point that I wanted to make is, is we can go back to, you know, the update in June, June 30th, where USCIS had processed uh, almost 180,000 so that leaves them July, August, and September to process 100,000. Um, so that's 33,000 uh, per month that they would need to process. And uh, my guess is they're not going to be able to, to sustain that. They could, 
but they've been averaging somewhere around 20,000 per month. So you, that's an increase of 13,000 on average month over month. Um, so I'm not, not sure if that's absolutely possible. Um, but you know, common man to answer your question, uh, how many visa numbers are still pending or available as of now? No one really knows. Um, there was, there's been some documents floating around from, uh, the wastage lawsuit that, that showed there was about a 17 K, um, over subscription, meaning more EB2s that were, um, documentarily qualified or had been received applications, I-45s that had been received and would be available. So that is interesting, right? That That's where when you see that kind of leak out there, public information, of course, but you see that that information being shared out, that's where you get a lot of feelings of um, corrective action could be possible. But again, as I've talked about, I've been hearing that there could be around a 50,000 family-based spillover for fiscal year 2023, which would help circumvent some of that oversubscription. Uh, Common Man also says, hi, I've been a fan of yours. Um, you have the most accurate to the point communication on YouTube. Um, well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Listen, I, I definitely have dedicated myself to this craft. I'm not perfect. I'm you know, made a lot of predictions that were wrong, including the possibility of the second lottery. I really thought it would happen. But unfortunately, those amounts of applications that came in middle end of June proved to be proved me wrong. Uh, but I was fairly close on the date. You know, I missed it by a couple of weeks. But if we're looking for accurate information and we're talking about predictions, right, which are made up guesses, um, you know, it was fairly close to the dates of which USCIS has, has made an announcement um, and, and come out and said that that the H cap has has been met. So, again, you know, thank you for that very kind comment. I do appreciate your support, and um, you know, really means a lot to me uh, that that you leave that kind of comment. I, I, I try to be accurate, but um, there are times where I'm going to get it wrong. I get it wrong a lot. Uh, definitely, definitely not perfect, but it doesn't mean I'm not working um, to help bring you the latest things that I'm hearing so that you can make your own informed decisions on what's best for you and your family. Um, Ashok Varma says, uh, excuse me, Sarisha asked if there was going to be another second lottery. Ashok Varma said, no, no second lottery. USAS has confirmed it. Um, Chidala Gupta says, hi, how are you? My employer filed my petition on July 9th. Um, my application processing center is Vermont. When will I get result? Well, if your new H-1B application was filed on July 9th, I'm assuming that that's when you got receipt notice because if it was just, if it was received after June 30th, it would have been automatically rejected. Uh, but again, I would say for you, probably sometime in the next three weeks, as I mentioned earlier, so anytime between now and September, um, I think 19th is a possibility. So we've got September 2nd um, is next Friday, September 9th, September 16th, excuse me, anytime between now and September 16th. I know that seems like three and a half weeks is pretty long time. Of course it is, but again, if we go back to Vermont, processing has been over two months. So if I look at July 9th and go 64 days, that puts me in mid-early September. Um, 
Gilbert Harnd asks, my employer filed my petition Vermont mid-June. Still waiting for seat number. What should we do in this case? Um, and you said that you've still not received and waiting many with the same issue. Yeah, help you understand. Again, that's due to the a, a significant amount of cases that was received in Vermont starting in mid-June through the end of June, June 30th. Um, I wouldn't be alarmed by that. I would ask your employer or your immigration attorney that works for your employer um, if that check has been cashed. That'll give you some insight and as to what date that that check was deposited. Um, but I wouldn't have any panic right now. Um, I, again, I think you've you've got, as I mentioned earlier, about three and a half weeks, so September 16th. Right now, if, if you haven't heard anything by then, you know, of course, I'm, I'm asking my immigration attorney to follow up with their USCIS liaison uh, to provide a status update on your case. But continue to monitor your receipt, continue to monitor your my USCIS account. Um, I'm sure you're checking constantly daily. Uh, but again, just know you've got a window of time here, which is is a little less than a month. Abhishek asks, what are the chances for April 2015 final action date getting current for India EB2? Yeah, I feel pretty aggressive about EB2's progression through all of 2015 next year. I don't know if we'll get to 2016, but I, I, I have this feeling, it's a gut feeling, um, without doing any calculations, I have a gut feeling that that there's a possibility um, if we see some incremental forward movement for India EB2. Um, but I would say you're in a position right now, Abhishek, where most likely sometime between October and January, um, I, I would expect your final action date to be current. But I would like to just plant this little seed in your mind and that is to say <clears throat> if we see a 30 or 90 day movement from uh january 2015 for dates of filing and uscis is accepting dates of filing in october november december um you're going to be in a position where where you could be submitting your your i-485 and all of your documents sometime in the next uh couple months starting in as early as October um, and assuming we don't see any corrective action. So if I'm you, I'm going to make sure I have everything ready to go so that if you do see that dates of filing come up in the bulletin over the next three months and USCIS confirms within, you know, 24 to 48 hours that they're accepting dates of filing, you will be ready to go and you won't miss your window. I just wanted to ask everyone, again, if you haven't, make sure you like this video and that you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. Uh, click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we go live like we have here today on August 24, 2022, um, a little after 3 p.m. Eastern. If you're looking for ways you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function. If you're watching or listening to this at a later date through the Super Thanks function on YouTube, um, also, for those of you who are the H1B Guy podcast watchers or listeners, please, um, you know, leave us a rating that helps promote uh, the content out on the various podcast platforms that the H1B Guy podcast can currently be found. 
And um, other than that, thank you for your questions and comments. I, I really appreciate it. I, I definitely would like to um, to take a few more minutes here and answer a few more questions. Um, yeah, Govan Harn uh, just covered that, I believe, for you. September 16th would be kind of my date if you're looking for, hey, if I haven't heard anything, by. Um, when should I start to become concerned? I'd say September 16th uh, is my, my best guess for you. But right now, because I think you were that July 9th. No, that was someone else. Your case was filed in mid-June. Um, so you're still kind of in what I would call that 60-day window coming up on that 64-day window. Hey, Vita. Uh, lottery closed. Yeah, no second lottery. Well, the interesting thing about what USCIS posted is they didn't say um, that a second selection uh, was held, right? So that leads us to the conclusion um, that there was not a second lottery. Um, now, I'm not saying that a second lottery was held. I've not heard of anyone that was selected um, over the last week or two. So if, if that was you, if you were not selected in the first round and you were selected recently, I'd love to hear from you. Please uh, drop me a line or, or comment on this video um, if you're, you're watching or listening to this at a later date. Hey, Sandy, what's the possibility of getting a visa? You're, you're one of the 127,000. Well, did your employer submit your application, Sandy? And do you have confirmation uh, that your application was submitted to USCIS before June 30th? Yeah, I've already answered that for those still waiting on receipt notice. Again, you've got to be patient probably as late as September 16th as of right now. Um, if you file a petition last days of June, it will be declined, uh, Chidila says. Um, that's not been my understanding. I know of cases that were filed mid-late June that have already been approved. So I would disagree with that comment. CA says, why is everyone counting the approved EB2 I-140s for predicting the priority date instead of perm file date for fiscal year 2015? Well, I, I think the I-140s are one of the, the, the data points that are an indicator of the number of individuals who would be qualified based on that date. But I love your point and your question. Um, again, I think that there's a lot of conflicting reports uh, no, none of us have direct insight into the Department of State and USCIS's calculations. The information that we're fed is generally well after the fact um, and received at, at much later dates. So everyone's just really guessing, CA. Um, I've been on record multiple times to tell you that when I cover uh, the, H1B, the, the visa bulls and I do the H-1B guy forecasts, which are my monthly predictions, they're completely made up guesses based on my own personal hunches and historical data. Um, historical data means a lot of different things. There are many different sources to which I use to accumulate and kind of come up with what I think is going to happen. Over the last several months, I've actually been a little more aggressive than I have been in the past. Um, and that's because I've kind of fallen into this uh, this 
trap of hope. <laughs> hope that usage will happen. I, I've been listening to USCIS go on and on and on about um, how th- it is critical to them to use all remaining green cards that were available to them for fiscal year 2022. AM asks, are the H-1B caps likely to be raised next year given the far higher number of applications? No. Um, that's not something that I've seen discussed at all in le- in any legislation. So I think we have this, this 85,000 is here. The only thing, and I've talked about this a lot in the life of this platform over the last couple of years, because a lot of times when I bring up um, employment-based caps for country of birth at 7%, the detractors out there say, um, if you're going to do that, then you need to put a, if you're going to increase the H-1B lottery, those numbers available, you've got to put a cap on country of origin. And I don't think that that will ever be something that we'll see. What I do think we could possibly see is an increase in the U.S. advanced degree category. Um, And I've speculated that 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 could be increased as high as um, 65,000. So an additional 45,000 annually, but I don't see where the regular cap, the bachelor's, foreign national bachelor's degree cap, uh, as I like to call it, although don't necessarily need a bachelor's if you have extensive years of experience in a very specialized occupation. Um, I, I think that if you see a cap increase, it will be in that advanced degree category and not necessarily uh, in the regular cap. But again, next year, which is the question, um, no, and I don't foresee where H-1B caps will be raised for, for fiscal year 2024. But I do see a possibility of USCIS reevaluating in the electronic registration process and increasing that registration fee, that non-refundable registration fee. And if anyone at USCIS um, is watching or listening to this, that would be one of the absolute suggestions um, that I would uh, I, I would advise them to do. Increase that barrier to entry. Um, $100 would be the minimum that I would advise to increase it to. Uh, ready ask, hey, you got H-1B approval for fiscal year 2023. Um, when is the best time to change employers? Thank you. Well, you need to be in the U.S. and working for your current employer that it was approved for, for what I call my 30-day rule. So you need to work for them for at least 30 days and be able to provide a minimum of one pay stub, but really better if you can provide two. And those pay stubs need to be need to be when you were working under H-1B visa for the sponsoring employer to which you got your H-1B approval. Um, so again, just think uh, 30-day rule, need to work for them for at least 30 days here in the U.S. and be able to provide a physical pay stub as part of the evidence of your H-1B change of employer, H-1B transfer application. Halite's website, comments says Halite's website data shows that they did 45 approvals, 37,000 just this month so far, and they approved 74,000 uh, 485 applications since June 1. 
Yeah. So again, they were 180,000 ish, right at the end of June. Um, so again, as I said, they'd have to average 33,000 um, over the next 90 days. Sounds like they're on track to do that. Which would mean that most likely at some point in mid to late September, um, that unavailable status would be updated on the visa bulletin. If that's the case, common man, does this mean they will be out of visa numbers in the next 10 to 12 days? Or does this mean this number includes family category as well? Um, it always, it should include family category because those are, those numbers are counted against the overall number spouses and dependents. Um, oh, you're asking me the combination of how many they approved. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that website though. The nature says, so does mean there's no second lottery? What if many visa applications got rejected? That's the assumption that I'm taking. But again, the ambiguity, right, is that it does not say a second selection was not necessary, right, or will not be holding a select second selection. They're merely stating that they have reached the numerical allocation for fiscal year 2023 um, and that there is no need to... Um, there's no need to hold a second random selection. They have enough in the queue to meet the 85,000. Should I ask how I just saw my I-797C receiving date is June 27, 2022 and notice date is June 9, 2022. Will it be a problem? Um, no, I, I don't think so. That's most likely your your case was received on June 9th and approved on the 27th is what that means. Well, I do have time for one or two more questions or comments, um, but before we get to those, I will wait for anyone else who has anything they'd like to mention. Drop that in the chat. Um, again, on next Wednesday, August 31st, 2022 at 3 p.m., um, I will be joined by Jessa Chupik, the head of talent at Mob Squad, as well as Nicole Bainham, um, head of partnerships at Mob Squad. And we're going to talk about um, a lot of different things, but really it's going to be about, you know, relocation to Canada, right? Um, not leaving your fate up to chance, taking matters into your own hands. I know for many of you, this news over the last couple of days has been very disappointing when the rumor started circulating very early on Saturday morning. Um, you know, August, uh, August 19th, August 20th, excuse me. Um, and then it has continued, the speculation continued until it became official yesterday. Uh, so I know many of you are really concerned about what is next. Uh, my advice is to make sure that you pursue all options, um, whether that be Canada or if your employer has other foreign locations, what immigration to those countries would look like. Um, The thing that I want to highlight and mention again, and really one of the pure intentions of this channel is to help keep you all informed so that you can make decisions um, on, you can make decisions on what's best for you and your family. And so that you don't get stuck, you don't get stranded, you don't have, are, are left without hope and no additional options. 
Um, so that's one of the, the pillars to which the HOB guy platform was, was originally created. Um, and I think as, as common man stated, you know, um, accuracy and to the point communication, uh, that's one of the things that I strive for here. So I thank all of you for taking time to join me here this afternoon. Hey, Jacqueline says watching from Jamaica, um, been to Jamaica two times. Um, with plans to go back most likely in about a year or so. Um, amazing country with amazing people. And uh, thank you for watching, Jacqueline. Chidala says, sorry, your notice was July 9th. Okay, so let me backtrack. So case was received on, it was delivered on July 27th, and they gave you notice of July 9th. My next question for you would be, do you know if, if your employer's check with, was cashed? Um, that'll be a big uh, uh, help in terms of you determining your, your overall timeline. But again, just a quick reminder, next, next Wednesday, August 31st, 3 p.m., um, I'll be joined again, as, as I said, by, by Jessa and Nicole from Mob Squad. Uh, if you have questions you'd like to ask, like me to ask them, you can send them to me and I will do my best to answer them in advance. Um, with that being said, wanted to go ahead and let everyone know today's live stream was proudly brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada. The audio plan B for high skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B. Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. If you'd like to find out if you qualify, please be sure to use the link in the video description below. And someone from Syndesis or Path to Canada will be in touch. They will gladly help you navigate the process. And also by my good friends at perm-ads.com. The industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. And by Mob Squad, are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner Mob Squad has a solution. Mob Squad helps technology professionals facing U.S. work visa uncertainty remain working with their current U.S. company near shore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their partnership with the Canadian government, they could obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as six to eight weeks. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please Find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you via the link in the video description below. Join the squad. Again, I just want to thank all of you who have stayed tuned this long, who have joined me this afternoon for this live session. I really appreciate your support. Um, I cannot thank you enough. Um, it really means a lot to me. Uh, if you haven't, please follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I have a Telegram channel. Um, the H1B Guy Telegram channel. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, please shoot me a, a connection request and I'll gladly accept it. Um, but if you haven't, I want to ask you one last time, please make sure you like this video uh, and you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, as well as click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we do go live like we did here today on August 24th, 2022, a little after 3 p.m. Eastern.
I'm Robert. I'm the H-1B guy. Your global source for all things H-1B.